Hello, Wildcats. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first Wildcats. This is nasty stuff. Here he goes. Hold up your hats, baby. <laughs> Certainly got some talent. No doubt about that. Cool Cats, welcome back to the podcast. It's very nice to have you back on air once again. Thanks to all of you for coming back, especially those who have already subscribed to the pod and get the weekly alerts. It means a lot, guys, and thanks so much for, for your support. Hopefully, we can get a few more interviews like the Mike Ellis interview we had last week. It was a lot of fun to have Mike in the corner and just giving his perspective on old Wildcats basketball, what it was like to play in the 80s, 90s, and then coach the Mighty Perth Wildcats. Obviously now a coach of the Sterling Senators and they'll be playing in the West Coast Classic. So we're going to have to get about and watch those guys play. So make sure we all get down to SBL games if they're permitting those crowds down there. And we're going to see a lot of local talent, maybe some Wildcats guys as Mike alluded to as well. So make sure we get down to that. But to open the Cool Cats Corner this week, crew, what I've done for you is there's been a lot of chat about coaches in the NBL news cycle. However, what I've done for you guys to help you wade your way through the confusion, to get an understanding of where I think here in the Cool Cats Corner these coaches sit in our radar and our rankings, let's have a look at it. And the way I've done that for you is a Cool Cats Corner power ranking of our coaches. Okay, and we are going to dig into the power rankings. So I'm thinking we go down one to nine. Now let's flip it. Let's flip it, crisscross it. And we're going to start with the ninth-ranked coach. And I want to preface before we get into this that I think we have fantastic coaches in the NBL. This is a very high grading scale I'm going against. A lot of really experienced coaches here who just do a fantastic job with their squads. But kicking it off with number nine, we have South East Melbourne's Simon Mitchell. And Simon Mitchell joined South East Melbourne Phoenix from the Melbourne United for NBL 20. Simon Mitchell had a bit of a rough year with his South East Melbourne Phoenix. He obviously got them clicking and firing early in the season. The South East Melbourne Phoenix often finding themselves in that top four spots and many predicted them to play finals after the first, you know, 10 weeks or first half of the season. They did start to slump there towards the middle. Injuries did take over, but that wasn't Simon Mitchell's fault. He really got this team working well together. Simon Mitchell has a record of 9-19 and as a head coach in the NBL and that is due to last season that slump towards the end of the season, which didn't even see Mitch Creek earn himself a spot in the all-NBL teams, which has been a little bit debated over the Twitter circles I've seen recently. 
So at nine, we have Simon Mitchell. At eight, we have Dan Shamir of the New Zealand Breakers. And he was the Israeli League Coach of the Year in 2018. So he's got some accolades previously before jumping into this New Zealand Breakers head coaching role. However, unlike Mitchell, a bit of an inverse here, he got his New Zealand Breakers working towards the end of the year. They traded away Corey Webbs. They really freed up Sec Henry. Scotty Hobson started playing some incredible ball after Glenn Rice left there as well. So... So his team went 11-3 and from their last 14 games. They started the season 4-10. and So you can see the turnaround that Dan Shamir got from this team. And we're probably going to see that build into NBL 21 as well. So watch out for these New Zealand breakers if they can get the squad back together. My seventh-ranked head coach is Adelaide 36's head coach, Connor Henry. Now, Connor's been a head coach in the NBL once before with the Perth Wildcats, and he went 17-13 and 13 that season. So a pretty good little record there, enough to make the playoffs. As we know, our Cats have been there 34 straight years, shout out. But he was also the D-League coach of the year in 2014. He joins the 36ers after previous positions, including assistant coach of the Orlando Magic and head coach of the D-League for Wayne Madance, where he won a championship and was awarded coach of the year for that year in 2014. So he takes off the seventh rank. So I guess in terms of tiers, that's our third tier right there. We got Henry Schmier Mitchell. I have the Brisbane Bullets, Andre Lamanis. And Andre Lamanis has coached in 351 NBL regular season games. He's won 186 of those and lost 165. So doing a pretty decent job there. He's had 12 NBL seasons and he's missed the playoffs six of those times. So that's about on track with his win-loss record. Andre Lamanis was head coach of the New Zealand Breakers for eight years, where he also had that 3 P 2011, 2012, 2013. He was the two-time NBL coach of the year during those years as well. So it may be harsh to rank an NBL 3 P champion or with the Breakers and former Boomer head coach so low on this list. However, Brisbane was stacked last season and Lamanis just couldn't get the most out of his team. In his time with the Brisbane Bullets, Lamanis has brought his Bullets to the playoffs only once in that 2018-19 season and they lost in the semifinals that year. So with 48 wins and 64 losses with the Brisbane Bullets, and that's in his return to the NBL, there's a little bit left to be desired. I think there's a lot to tell in NBL 21 as Brisbane currently look to have a stacked team and there's going to be pressure on Lamanis now. But for the time being, here's time to climb up our power rankings. We'll probably revisit this probably halfway through the season. That was our sixth ranked head coach was Andre Lamanis. And moving on to our fifth ranked head coach, we have last year's coach of the year and it's Mike Kelly of the Cairns Taipans. In his two seasons in the NBL, Mike Kelly has coached in 22 wins and 34 losses. So he has brought his team to the playoffs once, and that was in NBL 20. He won a championship in 2018 as an assistant to Dean Vickerman at Melbourne United as well. He was, as I said, named coach of the year by pulling his last place on the ladder Cairns Taipans with six wins and 22 losses to the third place that we saw in the NBL 20 season of 16 wins and 12 losses. So a 10 win improvement on last season. And after continuously knocking over all the top teams in NBL 20, Sydney, Melbourne, Perth, it can be argued that the Taipans were the best team in the league last season, and that can be credited to Mike Kelly and his player-first mentality. So for me, he takes this fifth spot. And the last place in this Tier 2 bracket of coaching that I have here is Melbourne United's Dean Vickerman. And he has had, and this may seem harsh because he's had 89 wins and 69 regular season losses. So a pretty handy ratio there. He's coached in six NBL seasons and only missed the playoffs once. 
bringing his team to the playoffs 83% of the time. He's a one-time champion with Melbourne United. He was an assistant at the New Zealand Breakers between the 2007 and 13 seasons under Andre Lamanas, who we spoke about at sixth spot. And then he was the head coach after Andre left, after that three-peat by the New Zealand Breakers. So very successful in his first three seasons with United. However, there's an inability to look after his star imports, apparently. So Boone left unhappily. Casper Ware walked out the door to the Sydney Kings at the end of NBL 19. And now we see Sean Long and Melo Trimble out the door as well. So going to the grand final twice in NBL 18 and 19 and blowing a huge advantage over the Kings in NBL 20. Vickermans United could honestly be a three-time champion in his first three seasons. But he just hasn't managed to get those pieces fall in the right places and retain the talent perhaps. There have been quite a few guys come off this Dean Vickerman coaching tree, as we've seen. So Mike Kelly and Simon Mitchell, I've named in this group of nine coaches here. But that's our fourth-ranked Dean Vickerman. So we have Dean, Mike Kelly, and Andre Lamanis, four, five, six. And then moving on to our top tier of guys. So third at the moment in our coaches' power rankings is the new Hawks head coach, Brian Gorgian. And he has coached in 450 regular season wins and 228 regular season losses. So winning almost two out of every three games that he coaches in, which is an incredible ratio. He has been a head coach in the NBL for 22 seasons, and he's only missed the playoffs two of those times. So a 91% regular season to playoffs head coach. He's had six championships, two with the Magic, three with the Kings, one with the Dragons. He's a six-time NBL head coach, 92, 97, 98, 02, 08, and 09. The last time he coached in the league was the NBL 08, 09 seasons, where he won a championship with the South Dragons. So 450 regular season wins says enough, in my opinion. He would be higher, but for the fact that there's so much speculation about his basketballing activities in China, so that's where he was the previous decade. Nonetheless, he was an established winner, only missing the playoffs twice, and that was his first two seasons in coaching. And so he's gone to the playoffs 20 seasons consecutively in the NBL. So could we see that again by this New Hawks franchise? That is our third-ranked coach. Our second-ranked coach now is Will Weaver of the Sydney Kings, and he has coached in 20 wins and eight losses in his one season in the NBL, never missing the playoffs. Unfortunately for Sydney and the Kings, there was that COVID-stricken playoff series, so the Kings did not win the NBL 20 championship. However, Will Weaver's Kings were coming off one of the most dominant seasons we've seen in the NBL, and they were the first team to lead the league from start to finish. Their 28 finish was the best finish for the Kings since the days of Brian Gorgian back in the 07-08 seasons. So you can see how long Sydney have been waiting and wishing for a coach like Will Weaver to join the team. So Will Weaver, first season in the league, he's looking like he's on top of the power rank or just about shout out to Dwayne Russell the top of the pops is the Perth Wildcats Trevor Gleason and he has coached in 209 regular season wins and 136 regular season losses he's had 13 seasons at the helm of NBL teams and he's only missed the playoffs one time so he will bring teams to the playoffs 92% of the time which is pretty incredible when you look at it that way but he's had five championships while he's been a Wildcats head coach. He was NBL coach of the year 2011. So only one year as NBL coach of the year, however, five championships. So that shows that our guy, Trevor Gleason, is really a championship playoff type coach who can get the job done, knows how to win. And that's the true test of character in terms of coaching. And that's why he finds himself at the top of these power rankings. He's been a head coach of the Wildcats since 2013. And then get this. Listen to the years he's won championships since 2013. 2014, 2016, 2017, 2019, 2020. Five championships in seven years of coaching. 
On average, a Trevor Gleason-led NBL team will win 17 and a half games, which will more than likely get you in the playoffs. And as we've seen, 13 seasons, 12 times going to the playoffs. Pretty incredible. So... The only time he didn't qualify for the playoffs was when he was coaching the Melbourne Tigers for the 2011-2012 season. He qualified all five seasons with the Townsville Crocs when he was the head of the ship there. And that was between the 06, 07 to 2010, 2011 season. And unfortunately, those guys were eliminated in the semis every single time. So those five times going to the semis and losing may have taught Gleason a lot. And that may be why the Perth Wildcats are so successful. They say you got to lose one to win one. Well, maybe you got to lose five to win five. So that is our NBL coaches power rankings for this week. We will change that up halfway through the season and revisit this segment. But I hope that gives you guys a bit of a landscape as to how I think the NBL coaching tree is looking at the moment and how that could impact these teams in the upcoming regular season. So the Hawks have this coaching Gorgian. Melbourne's Dean Vickerman's established. Mike Kelly's coming off an NBL best season. Lamanus's team is stacked. There's a new Connor Henry at the helm. Dan is coming into a hot sophomore season with his fast-finishing New Zealand breakers. Simon Mitchell's Southeast Melbourne's going to be a lot healthier this year, you'd hope. And Will Weaver will try top what he did last year, which is going to have to be a championship. But he'll have to take out the top of the pops. Shout out again, Dwayne Russell, Trevor Gleeson, to get that mantle off the Perth Wildcats. All right, Cool Cats, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the Cool Cats Corners power rankings of the NBL coaches for the NBL 21 season. What we're going to do now is jump into this week's Wildcat wrap-up of NBL news. And this segment here is having a bit of a makeover in this week's podcast. So there's a few headlines we got to get through from this week's news. So let's dive into a few stories now. And the way I'm doing it is a three-pronged approach. So the first part of this is it's going to be the Corey Homicide Williams-inspired Homicide Watch. And it's awarded to the NBL news story carrying the most hype, stirring the NBL public and causing the Twitter's fear to go crazy, a.k.a. Corey Homicide Williams. So thank you very much, Public Enemy. But there are so many out there who are willing to buy into the hype surrounding the new Hawks franchise acquisition of NBL coach Brian Gorgian. So Brian Gorgian to the Hawks is on Homicide Watch this week. And this has led to people around the NBL asking a pretty simple question. And that is, are the Hawks a basketball team or just one huge marketing campaign for the NBL? I will answer this by saying the two are not mutually exclusive. Rather, the two work hand in hand. The better marketing campaign you have, the more fans you have for the team, the more pride to win, the more accountability, the better the basketball team. But the NBL have not been shy to get one of the Hawks' new co-owners and former 76ers, Raptors and Suns general manager, Brian Colangelo, in front of all forms of media. And why not? A huge name in the world of basketball. A guy who can leverage his relationships in the US markets to ensure the NBL receives a continual runoff of young talent looking for a home to play their basketball. And this ownership news was closely followed by an announcement of Brian Gorgian as the new Hawks head coach. A man considered to be one of the greatest coaches in NBL history who's coached in 22 NBL seasons and over 450 NBL regular season wins. These are incredible numbers and this is an incredible coach. But keep in mind that the last time Brian coached in the NBL was the year 2009. Granted, his South Dragons captured the championship. Over 11 years out of the Australian game may take its toll. Whilst in China, he only missed the playoffs once in his five years coaching the Dongwon Leopards in the Chinese Basketball League. However, after an improvement to third on the ladder in year two, he saw a decrease in wins the following three years, and this resulted in Brian leaving the club in 2015. 
Since this point, he has not held a head coaching role, rather an associate coach more responsible for player development and scouting. But I do see it this way. Worst comes to worst, and this is a great worst case scenario, the name Gorgon is strong enough to draw on new fans and new free agents to the Hawks. Not only this, but grabbing a big name is at least enough to engage some of the mutual NBL fans, and then it's up to the Hawks franchise to maximise that fan engagement. We've seen the fantastic marketing job South East Melbourne have done over their inaugural season. Their digital interaction with their fan base is engaging, and fans are empowered to be a Phoenix supporter. Granted, the South East Melbourne strategy is different. As they're targeting a specific region, the Hawks themselves are going to be searching far and wide for their new social media interactions. So the question is, does the NBL's most winning head coach still have what it takes to cut it in the modern NBL? Six NBL championships spread across almost two decades suggest Brian Gorgian's tactics can stand the test of time. I'm here to see if we should all believe the hype. Alright, so that's part one. And part two is the hot hand. So this is awarded to the news article right now, which should be receiving a little more attention. <laughs> oh, that's hot. That's hot. And for this week, I've got the Brisbane Bullets as riding the hot hand. So a struggling and expensive Cam Glidden off the books, strong links to signing key free agents Harry Froling and Anthony Drimmage, although not confirmed, and all things looking up in Brisbane. Whether it's Big Will Magnate going, not going to the NBL, or whether it's Matt Hodgson opting out and the back into his contract, all roads in Brisbane seem to be leading towards a championship run for the Bullets. Now looking at this roster and you adding these two guys on in, in Drimmage and Froling, according to Body's website, they'll join this roster in veteran scorer Nathan Sobey, NBL 26 man of the year Jason Kadee, NBL 20 most improved player Will Magnate, and NBL 19 most improved player Matt Hodgson. So... When you put those list of guys together, and we've already covered in the corner, in the Cool Cats corner round and rookie generated that Anthony Drimmich and Harry Froling were both rookie of the years. I believe Drimmich 2017, Froling 2019. This is a pretty decorated group. All now entering, if not already in the prime of their careers. So maybe not Magne or Froling, but they performed at a high level and they should do in the NBL 21. Kadee, Sobe, Hodgson and Magne have all been boomers in the past. Froling and Drimmich being selected in the squad for the 2019 FIBA qualifiers as well. So this is a decorated group of Australian basketballers. They're going to need some help at the point guard position, but if they can bring back NBL 20 import and very talented ball handling, scoring wing Lamar Patterson into this group and run him as that sole import, then this team's probably going to be creating waves in NBL 21. It's going to be all on former Boomer coach Andre Lamanas to get these guys to the big dance. So I have the Brisbane Bullets running the hot hand for this week's NBL News Cycle Media. And our third and final part of this segment is called Airball. Airball. And this is awarded to the news article, which is kind of leading to everyone saying yikes. And that is that Melbourne United have lost two of their star imports from the NBL 20 season. As Melo Trimble and Sean Long have now both signed contracts, which will not make it possible for them to play in the NBL for 2021. Melo and Long being key contributors to their side last year. United's going to have to lean on Casey Prather and I guess Stanton Kidd for the NBL 21 season by the looks of things. And contrary to the name of this mini segment here, Casey Prather is not shooting air balls. And for anyone following his Instagram, he's looking so good. And NBA teams would be hitting replay on some of those workouts, no doubt. However, back to us saying yikes and Melbourne's inability to retain this top talent is getting worse and worse each year. So Ty Wesley, Josh Boone, Casper Ware, and now Sean Long and Melo Trimble have all come and left the club within the last four years. And the majority of those guys have found homes as stars with different NBL clubs. Now there's speculation that sharpshooter Chris Golding will sign for one more year with United and then sign with the new NBL team in Tasmania for the NBL 22 season. So there's a bright light there at least. 
In addition to this, Melbourne have been working out a lot with these mid-20x college ballers in their workouts, and you'd assume that United are putting a fair bit of work creating those relationships around those guys to you know, put them in the best spot to sign these guys come the July 15 free agency opening. So there are some pretty good signs in Melbourne there. However, the consistency poor player management, touched on by Josh Bowen in an interview with the NBL Pocket Podcast, which on a side note was a great episode, so go check that out. But Josh stated that very poor player management of outgoing players is coming under the microscope and Melbourne aren't showing their best colours in that regard. So a bit of an airball there from the education state. But as I've heard, it is far better to shoot an airball than not to shoot at all for the fear of missing. So ponder on that for a little bit. But that's our Wildcat wrap-up for this week. We touched on the Hawks, Bullets and United. The hype, the hot, and the hopeful. I hope you enjoyed the breakdown of the news cycle this week, and we'll try working some Perth Wildcats stuff next week, definitely. But the reality of the fact is, Perth are keeping their dealings on a need-to-know basis, and apparently, we don't need to know. So I hope you've enjoyed the segment. All right, there you go, cool cats. That is the podcast. So thank you once again for chilling in the corner. A big thank you to a cool cat out there, Joe, for that insane new opening on the pod with some personalized spits, if you don't mind. But hit me back with your thoughts on my coaching power rankings. You can catch me either on my website, thecoolcatscorner.com, on Twitter at CoolCatsNBL, or on Instagram at thecoolcatscorner. If you like them, good. If you're pissed off at them, great. Get loud about it. Let me know. Hit me back. I love it all. But we'll be back at you next week with a bunch of new headlines for Homicide Watch, Hot Hand, and Airball. If you want to ensure you keep up to date with the Perth Wildcats news, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to this on. That'll keep you up to date with any new pod releases. The NBL free agency window has been pushed back to the 15th of July, so make sure you keep your eye on those NBL headlines. We'll be waiting here to chat about some Perth Wildcats trade rumors in next week's podcast. But until that point, I hope you guys have enjoyed this week's podcast and have a great week. For one last time, my name is Mason Delero. This is the Cool Cats Corner. Thanks for chilling. Much love. Oh, and here's that intro one more time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Perth Wildcats. This is nasty stuff. Here he goes. Hold on your hats, baby. <laughs> Certainly got some talent. No doubt about that. It's a matter of time when it's a matter of stats. It's a matter of time when it's a matter of stats. It's a matter of time when it's a matter of facts. Full cast corner, it's a matter of fat, fat, fat cats on top. Still humble, rumble, bare knuckle. Welcome to the jungle. Red Army Order, Championship Quarter, Number One Reporter, Full cast corner. Check it out.